Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results. And they're all aligned to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Over the past two weeks, I've talked about distrust in organizations. Today, I round out the series talking about how loyalty and trust go hand in hand. We just completed college basketball season with the culminating event of March Madness. If anyone missed one of the greatest plays of all time, you missed something spectacular. A Gonzaga team member put up a half-court shot in the final second of the first overtime to push Gonzaga to the final game. I love watching March Madness because the team that has talent and the right connection with each other, the coach, and the sport usually wins. At times, Cinderella teams win because the trust in and loyalty with their team just simply overpowers the talent for two halves. I pull from the content of an article by U.S. Sports Camps, Why Loyalty is Crucial to Basketball Excellence. We can easily transfer this title to why loyalty is crucial to organizational excellence. So the article begins with this sentence. You show loyalty to the game of basketball when your actions match your words. The article continues by promoting that the basketball court becomes a great measure of team loyalty. You know, in our organizations, the workplace environment becomes our measure for team loyalty. The article continues to talk about how you can witness loyalty or lack thereof on the basketball court. I'm going to work through these actions on the court and transfer the meaning to the workplace. Let's take the situation provided in the article. When you see players open and not receiving key passes needed to be successful from their teammates, this is indicating lack of loyalty on the team. The team member may not have the skill to make a good pass or the person who would complete the pass is not trusted to handle the ball. The team member may be careless or lack focus. In other words, teammates lack faith in each other when you have an open person and the person who has the ball is unwilling to pass the ball to the open team member. We can easily transfer the situation to the workplace. To give our teammates the best opportunity to succeed, we first have to hire people with the right skills and put them in places where their skills can be used in the best way. As I've learned about the various skills on our team, for example, I've worked hard to put people in places to maximize the talent they bring to the team. Sometimes that's not where they started, and at times I've had to make difficult decisions when the skills of a team member were not aligned with what we needed in our organization. And sometimes team members have the skill, but they have a carefree attitude, or they may lack the motivation to do their jobs. This causes other team members to pick up the work they don't complete, or the team members have to redo the work of that team member who's not motivated. Regardless, the outcome is a really frustrated team. Eventually, the team loses confidence in the unmotivated team member. They find a way to work around the team member who is beginning to place that burden on the team. In basketball, you know, a team member may have poor ball passing and handling skills because they don't want to give the ball up. So 
that they can score the points and maybe they actually have high skill, but they just don't want to give the ball up because they want to be the ones to score the points. The team member is not loyal. This team member not loyal to the mission of the team or the purpose of teamwork. As I read these descriptions of the basketball team, we can picture in our mind a person we've worked with who's been that person who wants to score all the points. The player's stats travel with that player. A college player having a desire to enter the NBA may want to put up good stats. So the player acts in a way that provides the most benefit to them. Over Easter, I was watching some neighborhood kids play a game. One individual on the team was not as talented as the other two. And I watched two friends play for the winning moves at the expense of the less talented young person. And over time, the kid not having a chance to win, he simply packed up and moved on. And here's what the article summarizes. Great players have loyalty of the team and they create loyalty to the team. Loyalty of the team and loyalty to the team. Yeah, I love this. Let's dig a little deeper. The article tells us that loyal basketball players commit the time necessary to be excellent and worthy of their teammates' confidence and trust. Here's how they provide the details in the article. And again, let's transfer these concepts to the workplace. Think about building trust and ball handling on the basketball court. Teammates rarely, if ever, turn the ball over. How does this transfer to the workplace? When we assume a responsibility, we're dependable and work toward excellence every step of the way. We're working on projects and tasks so that our work has value and can produce results. And when we own part of the work, we don't turn it over to others. Let's then think about building trust when we're passing the basketball. Teammates don't pass too hard and are not too passive during that pass. How does this transfer to the workplace? We push ourselves and our teammates when the push is needed. And we know when to pull back. We know when to shift the responsibility so that we set people up for success and we're clear with expectations of ourselves and others. Then think about building trust when players, basketball players, are shooting the basketball. Teammates make good decisions when they choose to shoot the ball to get a basket. How does this transfer to the workplace? We have a good process for making decisions. We know how to gain just enough data to make informed decisions, but we don't bog down the team with overcomplicating the problem or having to rehash the same topic over and over when a decision to act gets us closer to the win. We don't think we know the answers when we don't have the evidence or data to support our opinions. Well, let's think about building trust and the defense of the basketball team. Teammates are relentless in position and have a hounding presence to the opposing team. How does this transfer to the workplace? We don't stop, quit, or get discouraged when the other team is on offense. Rather, we know our roles, responsibilities, and lanes to work from with e and with each other. We become even more motivated to take the ball and play offense by executing with great consistency and fidelity. And think about building trust and rebounding in the basketball game. The other team's shooting for the basket, and we're ready to rebound if they miss the basket. 
So teammates are in a position with total dedication to retrieving the ball after the opposing team shoots. And how does this transfer to the workplace? We need to be in our positions and know how to adjust. We rely on each other to take on assignments as things shift, even when we can't anticipate the direction of the shifts. Moving chaotically jeopardizes our team's ability to be in a position to execute to plan. We have complete dedication to achieve one goal at a time to get to the best outcome. So in summary, what do these basketball characteristics teach us? We own our responsibilities. We don't push our work on others. We know when to push hard and let up on our teammates and ourselves. We create a working plan that gives everyone on our team opportunities to be successful. We understand expectations, execute to them, and stay in our lanes. We know when to adjust, and we're willing to take on the assignments to align. We make good decisions with the right information to keep the team moving. Finally, over the years as a teacher and a student, I've witnessed teams make what I call the million-dollar mistake. We become more worried about others than ourselves. Do you remember when we worked on school projects and certain people on the team believed they were the ones always contributing more to the group? Guess what? They may have been engaging in distrusting behaviors we've identified today. And if not, shifting our energy to this worry keeps us from doing our best and being our best. At any time we believe we work harder than anyone else on the team, we're negatively affecting the organization when we do that. And when we feel obligated to let others know, we do even more damage. We need to look in the mirror to ensure we are not contributing to the problem of a distrusting team. I've tended to be a park ranger leader in the past. That is, when people come to me with a problem, I feel compelled and obligated to solve it. I've learned and am still learning how to be a good coach, not to always solve other people's problems. Now, a good coach can't play the game for the team. A good coach creates a strategy, builds a plan to execute the strategy, provides clear expectation of an individual's role on the team, listens to input about how well the team is executing the plan to achieve the goals, and engages the team in conversations with each other on identifying and solving problems. A good coach also teaches teams how to do that for themselves and to rely less and less on the coach for answers. A good coach helps a team rely on each other. And a good team member takes on this challenge. At the end of the day, if someone on the team is a drag on the team, the coach takes action to remove the player from the team. This episode is less about that and more about helping all of us do the right work with ourselves to be a better team member. What's the loyalty of your team? What's your loyalty to? the team. One bad apple can spoil the whole barrel. Let's not be the one. Choose to apply behaviors that give others confidence in you, the team, and the organization. It's not just saying that you are loyal and trustworthy. It's applying specific behaviors to prove it. The winning team has the right talent, the right connection with each other, and the right connection with the coach. There are very few organizations that achieve greatness and sustain it because greatness requires that winning combination. A great team is unstoppable and unbeatable. 
Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. Please share the podcast. If you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com slash podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week.